0: Hello and welcome to the Door County Pulse Podcast. I'm Andrew Clyden, and I'm joined today by David Elliott, co-founder of the Pulse, and his dog Oxford. How are you guys doing?
1: Um, I'm doing all right. Oxford is getting more vocal, so you might hear him bark at people walking by.
0: That's that's become part of the part of the the office environment, and also part of the podcast as well. So I I don't think people are minding too much. Uh, but you did take him out through the frisbee around, so he should be. Should be maybe a little relaxed for this recording session.
1: I, I think so. He just adds to my ADD. So puppies are already all over the place. And now I just have one more thing to keep one of my eyes on. So.
0: Right. So Dave, this time around, I, I wanted to kind of jump forward a little bit. So we, we've talked pretty much about the, the whole story in, in bits and parts here. We, we focused on the early days. Uh, you and Miles kind of went over his time with the Pulse, but that took through, you know, basically the, the whole 25 years. We still want to bring in some other voices to to chat about some other periods of the Pulse that we haven't spent as much time on. But for today, I think we should jump ahead to the last five years. So where we were in 2016 and, and how we've grown and what's changed over the last couple of years. Uh, and there's a lot of interesting things that have happened in the last five years. Uh, I think most importantly, the, the the biggest thing that's happened to the Pulse is I joined in
1: 2017. Yep, That was so. definitely a landmark moment in our history. Absolutely.
0: Why don't we jump been. uh Where were we in 2016? Were we here in Bailey's Harbor?
1: Yes, we moved here in 2010 in April. So that would make this the longest
0: standing Pulse office so far.
1: Correct. And, a, and an old friend of mine says, well, you've kind of outlived your, you're your kind of at the maximum point. You've moved in offices. So it's time for you to move the office to a new place. And I said, no, we just moved it from one side of the building to another just in 2017. So I've got some more time now.
0: Right. So, yeah, that's kind of a big thing. Right before I came is when the office uh, kind of filled out this area that we're in currently. So if you've been in the office since 2017, you've seen, you know, what it looks like. But before that, we were on the other side of this building, right?
1: We were on the other side and it was a little bit smaller. Um, and so in 2016 was when um, Madeline Harrison, who was my business partner, since, had been my business partner since 2002, um, she had a, a kid and, and moved off to Iowa. And, uh, so 20 at the end of 2016, early 2017. So 2017 was the first year that uh, I was kind of going solo with the pulse. There was the potential that miles was going to join us and come in as a part owner as well, but that hadn't been solidified in 2016 quite as of yet. But in October of, of that year, we started demoing essentially where you're sitting right now. Cause right where you're sitting, Andrew used to be kind of a, Concrete floor, no, no insulation, kind of a raggedy building that we threw a bunch of junk into as storage and maybe had some pallets of magazines and books in it. Right. Now, I remember when I came in and did my interview, I walked through this
0: office as it is now, but then we kind of went into the back bar area. It was called the Crew and the Shoe,
1: right? Well, I had a, yeah, part of the back of a boat was hanging on the, the wall. It was called the Wooden Shoe. That had, I'd found it on a piece of property and the owner said I could have it and threw it up on the wall. So yeah, we, then we started a video series called the crew at the shoe and that was part of the basis of it.
0: So that's where I did my interview was in what would have been what the, the back half of the previous
1: office. Correct. It was kind of our little lounge space, kitchen area, where we had a fridge and a little hot plate and that kind of stuff.
0: Right now, all of that uh, has become your house and apartments over there. Correct. Correct. So this is it, huh? This is this is the final office. Is that is that how you kind of feel?
1: I'm. Uh, I I'd, I'd like to say that, but I I I've thought that every step of the way, kind of. I never knew where we were. At least I always thought that the last place we were at would be as far as we can go. Even watch um, us grow. Uh, watch this grow back in Egg Harbor, and I don't know, that was a pretty cool space. We talked about buying that building, if we could find a way to do that, uh, but it never kind of came to fruition, and we moved. They, they decided to move on with things, and we did too.
0: So tell me about this kind of, this changeover that happens in 2016. Uh, I, I may have mentioned before that this part of the puzzle seems so weird to me, because... Coming in as a new hire in 2017, it's easy for me to think that, like, this is the way that it's been, right? We've always been here in this office. We've always had this crew that we have. Uh, But that was not the case. There was a lot of things that turned over in 2016 and 2017, including Miles coming back uh, pretty much right before I came back or came into the office. Uh, So this was a pretty big period of changeover, right?
1: It was. I mean, a lot of the staff stayed the same for at least a little bit. Um, And from 2016 to 2017, I mean, Madeline moving on was a big thing that we had to, big void we had to fill. She was a huge instrumental part of the paper. There was a lot of pieces that we had to cover for her. Um, And we did a good job with it, and she left us very well prepared for her departure. So that part was relatively smooth. Um, The move from one side of the office to the other, I mean, I... I, I admire so much of our staff because basically they lived in construction for almost six months of just kind of a little bit of dust here and there and everywhere. And part part of their space got boarded off and they couldn't use it anymore. The office was though about twelve hundred square feet, and the new space is twenty three hundred. So we added over a thousand square feet of space, which changed kind of how everybody op worked and operated. And Every office prior to this one, I built all the desks. I found filing cabinets and cut boards and made the desktops and kind of conformed them to each individual. Um, When we moved over, we kind of went into a more, let's try to up the ante a little bit, and we got some height-adjustable desks. I have the advantage of my... My wonderful younger brother works in office furniture and supply, and he got us these cool little desks that you can press buttons in so you can sit or stand while you work. And we moved kind of, we evolved that way too in terms of technology as well. Yeah, it it really does
0: feel like a modern office. I mean, I I don't have anything to compare it to because this is the only office that I've known, but even seeing pictures and video of the previous offices, uh, this one definitely feels more like what you would see in a standard office anywhere else. Not to not
1: to say that it doesn't have like Thank you for on it standard. I well, mean I made a lot of effort Andrew to kind of make it unique. I was yeah.
0: going to say not to say that it doesn't have the personal or artistic touches that it does have because everywhere you look there's something interesting to see. There's great art on the walls in the conference room that we are recording in right now. We've got this kind of big custom table uh that you've worked on and put on wheels all the old books that I find myself going through to learn more about how how Mar May have lied about things. All of correct, those things correct are uh, add to the 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 personal touches of the office but it does feel very modern
1: and actually this the this is the one tabletop that i did design and build so thanks for that one for the one you're working off of right now of course yeah i mean we we tried to make it it actually created a more of an open office um i had a closed office space in the past in the previous space it's there's goods and bads with it i mean when the pandemic comes we all wish we had our own office space, but we've got, it's really well ventilated in here because it's modern with the new HVAC system and all that. So we were lucky that way.
0: How, how are things feeling in, in 2017 when I came on board? Cause it like that, it seemed like, was that the most staff that we ever had in one building?
1: Um, actually I think 2019 was when we had the most staff in the building at the time. Um, right. So we kind of grew into that. We added another, because you were the second Filmworks employee, we added a third in 2018-19. Um, so that was the, the 2019, I say, was the, kind of the pinnacle. And actually going to 2020 was the same. We had kind of early 2020, we had the largest staff we'd had here. And and uh, what, what happened for me was I like I was hands-on, so I did most of the demo on this in this side of the office, which meant... The warehouse was insulated on half of the space because the previous owners had kind of a construction setup in it and that meant pulling all the insulation down and removing them pulling insulation down and mice falling down with it and and dealing with all that kind of stuff um and then when once we finally got the office renovated then i went over and started doing the same kind of thing to the other side of the building to renovate that into a home for um, krista and i and so I went through about two years, three years of demo and living in construction. So I was looking forward to 2019 was when we finally finished everything in October. So right. that, was, that was kind of the, oh my goodness, all right, we're finally done and ready to move and ready to move in and be solid and, and content in this new brand new space. And I got to put more energy back into newspaper, magazine, podcast, video, and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, and people, longtime listeners of the podcast will uh, have gone through all of that construction with you because uh, the majority of it, the sound of people working on stuff would come straight through into the studio and you would hear that uh, in the early days of the podcast. Yeah, that was the
1: the bathroom being built above your heads, yeah.
0: Right. So, uh, as you said, you're kind of working on this particular building for a number of years with the thought that maybe this is a long-term home for for the Pulse. Uh, And as you said, 2019, everything is pretty much finished the staff is as big as it has ever been Uh, and then the pandemic hits in 2020 and then you're sitting alone in an office all by yourself I I can imagine that that felt uh, pretty awful right
1: Uh, awful is one feeling it was there was a there's all sorts of emotions that everybody went through and and you recollect to this time actually a year ago exactly uh, we had we had kind of prepared staff and said that in early March that this day, the day might be coming where everybody might just be called and told not to come to work. And it happened and we had everybody not show up to work. And I'm sure I remember coming into the office and, and a 10 o'clock, which usually would have had almost everybody at their desks or bustling around, getting their coffee and chatting about the, the previous day and playing the next. And it's quiet and it's, and we had just, so once we completed all the construction, that's when you sign the new mortgage and everybody, the the bank's happy with what they've got. They've done the assessment of the property and they, they write you that check and you pay off all the bills and then you pay, start paying on a big note. And right when we were supposed to make our first mortgage payment, everything shut down. <laughs> so it was a anxiety-filled time that everybody went through and I felt it just as much as everybody else and la- lacking the, the camaraderie and people to talk to about it because the, the room was so empty. Yeah. In April, I looked, I remember looking around going, is this, is this it? This was, was that it, I guess. Um, But thank the community just bounced back so hard and so, so supportive of everything that we've done. I'm forever grateful for all the support that poured in for our publications and for all the work that we do here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it seems like forever ago, only a year ago, but it just seemed like forever ago that we were all here together in the office and we've been coming back here and there. Some people have been spending more time in the office as as the pandemic has gone on. Uh, we were recording podcasts remotely in the beginning because we were just doing so many of them, but now it's pretty easy to come in once a week, record in person. And that's nice too, to be able to have these conversations. Um, just getting ready to to have that back and to to all be here again, because this is a a really cool environment and it is a great place to, to connect with people and to get work done. Um, And it's, it, it's an interesting footnote in the history of the Pulse, uh, but I, I think that this is going to be a, a fantastic home for the Pulse moving forward, as long as there are no plans to move again. Cause I don't know. I,
1: no, I don't. I don't see that happening for a while. I don't think the bank would like us to do that at the moment either. Sure. Um, yeah, we we tried to make it into an inviting space. You can see the water when most people can see the water. Your back to is is at to it for the most of the day. But you yeah. can when you turn around, you got you can see smiling faces looking the other way. Right. Um, yeah, we, we tried to make it into a nice space to work. The, the sun coming out in March right now makes us all seem a little bit, feel a little bit more positive about the outlook on, on our lives, don't th- doesn't I it? I
0: know. It's like you step outside and it's above 40 degrees and your seasonal depression just melts off and you're like, oh, I didn't realize how bummed out I was yep. and then until
1: you're like, oh, man. I can smell
0: spring in the air again.
1: It's seven o'clock and there's still some light out. It's it's a wonderful feeling. Right. Um, tell
0: me tell me about the location. I mean, we're in Bailey's Harbor. We're kind of right in the middle of town, basically, right across the street from the town hall. Um, how has being in Bailey's Harbor kind of shaped the pulse?
1: Um, it's it shaped it a lot. I mean, one of the reasons why we like moving here was the cent- the centrality of it, if that's a word. Um, it's when we li- when we were up in sister Bay, it was 30, 35 minutes to Sturgeon Bay. When we were up North in Ellison Bay it was 50 minutes to, to Sturgeon Bay and we were in egg Harbor. It, it was closer, a little bit better, but Bailey's Harbor is incredibly centrally located for getting everywhere in the County, which is great. So we thought that appeal was great as was wonderful. Um, and then the building was an incredible appeal. That's why we really liked moving here. Just the space that it all- allowed us to grow into. And now we have. Um, And then the proximity to the beautiful town hall that sits across the road. I mean, that building is, it's the only all stone building. And I don't know if you knew this, Andrew, but Bailey's Harbor used to, was originally the county seat for Door County at one point. I
0: think I may have come across that tidbit before. Um, Now the county seat is Sturgeon Bay, correct? Correct. Yeah. So at one time we were Sturgeon Bay.
1: No, well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's one way to look at it. Sure. And, And I would be honored to be Sturgeon Bay, just so we're clear. Right.
0: Yeah, the the location, like you said, the, the centrally located it, it was so nice living in Egg Harbor, being able my commute was ten minutes. Now my commute's a little more than that, but uh down near Institute, it, it is kind of anywhere you want to go, you're pretty much right here. Uh Sister Bay is fifteen minutes north, Sturgeon Bay is thirty minutes south, give or take. It you know, you, you do have the ability to get anywhere that you need to go pretty quickly. And and that is something that we rely upon too especially in the summer when things are bustling being able to get people out to things very you know, quickly Yeah, there's a fire
1: things. not that we cover fires that that quickly but if there is one we're able to get to most places in the county relatively quickly to cover something like that or if someone says hey there's a the annual tractor parade it's coming down a we should go get a picture it's we can quickly go and get that right i mean and, and the and i I'll, I'll tell you moving here we it was kind of fortuitous i guess i mean um Paul Salm bought the cornerstone just around the same time that we purchased this property, so we kind of we've we've grown up together on, on kind of kitty corner from each other. And um, having those guys over there has been a great asset as well. And the community has been was incredibly welcoming. I mean, when Nelson's Hardware was open, Gary and Peg came over and congratulated us on moving in here, and we're always very supportive. And Brian and Joan on the other side, um, owning the blacksmith, and have been great neighbors over the years. And just the it's a this community. Just like every other one, but just because we're in the center of town now, um, it feels like it's it's just a place that everybody tries to. If there's a problem and someone's having one, they try to collectively try to solve a problem for each other. So it's you feel like you feel taken care of, and it's uh, it's a wonderful feeling and a great place to live.
0: So another another aspect of the the Bailey's Harbor connection, and 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 we'll talk about the Pacers more in in its own episode because I think the the Peninsula Pacers events company that you started. It is also a big part of the story here, but uh, within the last five years, kind of moving here to Bailey's Harbor, uh, you've been able to make some partnerships with some different areas to create new events in, in Bailey's Harbor, as well as uh, start uh, some other pretty big things too. walk me through that process of kind of like getting involved in this community.
1: Well, it'll be actually. Just, I mean, I'm not like not trying to correct you, Andrew, but it actually the the uh, the the bike ride stuff started that we helped working with the Ridges Sanctuary was more like 2010. So it's actually a little bit more than five years. Sure. Um, but well, if it, I, if it's,
0: I, it's longer than five years, I don't want to talk about it. That's, that's, that's <laughs> kind
1: of where I thought we were headed. No, but um, go ahead. So around so 2010, Brian Fitzgerald and I, who Brian is my business partner with the Peninsula Pacers. Um, we we started the Pacers because of the Door County Half Marathon. The Ridges Sanctuary used to do this thing called the Ride for Nature every year. And it was a shorter bike ride. And they used it as a fundraiser to raise some money for the Ridges Sanctuary. And Brian Brian has been an avid biker for years. And we looked, getting our feet wet in the event business, we'd done a couple half marathons under our belt. And we thought, we you know, we really can help the Ridges. And now that I'm in Bailey's Harbor and we're here, I'd really like to help the community. So we developed a partnership with the Ridges to help them with their ride for nature. Um, we helped them out the first year. We got I think 800 riders to come and ride, and they'd only done like 300 before that. So we really helped grow that and grow draw, draw more attention to the bike, the Ridges Sanctuary, and to bike riding. Um, and we evolved that a little bit. The Ridges eventually said, "You know, we don't want to. That's a lot of work for us as volunteers. We don't want to do that anymore." So we still do the Peninsula Century every year. It's the Saturday before Father's Day, so we get a lot of people who. People want to do it with their dads. My wife, Krista, does it with her dad. It's been a great tradition. I think it's kind of cool that way. Um, but then that evolved into John McMahon and I starting a beer festival in 2012. And that eventually led to John McMahon and the McMahon starting a brewery. So it's kind of like all those things have happened in a in a kind of a short, fast few years here.
0: Yeah, the uh, the beer fest was one of the first events that I covered here when I started, uh, I was put right away on a assignment for Destination Door County. And then the first like kind of pulse slash film work solo project that I did was going to beer festival and getting video and stuff like that. And I remember like walking down Bailey's Harbor after shooting video and then getting some free samples and getting some really good food. And I was like, man, this is what a job to have. like to just like my weekend is go out and shoot stuff,
1: eat good food, drink some beer. It was it was cool. And that's kind of the, that was the goal. The goal was to I mean, we the first I remember the first promotion we did for beer festival was, hey, Door County, wake up. Come on, sign up. Let's have a party. Let's let's get together and have a good time.
0: Right. Well, and, and that's that's a feeling that it was. And those those events uh, correspond with each other. Right. They happen at the same time.
1: They so do you, indeed. The, the century ride starts at like six or seven in the morning and the beer fest opens up at uh, 11 or noon.
0: Right, um, so you've got riders who get to come back after completing the loop and then enjoy beer beerfest. Carbo, at the same carbo time. load, yeah, they right. get
1: some carbs after they've done a long bike ride.
0: Right, so it, it kind of works in tandem with each other, and it really does. It, it transforms Bailey Har- Harbor for that weekend. You just get a, a totally different vibe. It creates this kind of like outdoor festival kind of feel because you've got this huge you know event space and these tents and that kind of stuff.
1: And it's a lot of fun. And that's actually one of the that weekend has ballooned. I mean, that weekend is also traditionally Fear Ball, which. Even Ephraimites have accused me of trying to steal their their fine visitors and we're hopefully and we're not I hope we're working in partnership Um, we love it with the people come to the beer festival the beer fest done by four o'clock so we hope that people go over to Ephraim and and watch the bonfires and the fireworks going off over there it's a hopefully it's a collective partnership for the county in that regard but there are other events going on that weekend too I think we called it like festival weekend or some some point in 2019 I think there were seven different things going on that day
0: Walk me through what the rest of Bailey's Harbor looked like too, when you when you first came here and, and up to now, because there's been some pretty considerable change here in Bailey's Harbor over the last ten years too, right?
1: Yeah, I, I would I would say so. I think I think as much as it's changed, it stayed the same too. A lot of the spaces that were empty are now occupied, which is really nice to see. Um, there was a there was a bookstore in the corner, which now is Willow um, Willow Clothing. Um, thank you. Um, the door Shakespeare was in the bearded heart building at the time. And that's kind of changed. That building has got a lot of money put into it. And those guys have done a great thing with the coffee shop. There really wasn't a coffee shop per se in town and bearded heart kind of filled that void, uh, quickly other than, well, that's not true. The Harbor fish market always had uh, a coffee shop, but the bearded heart was open a little bit longer into the year. Um, it was providing locals a place to go heirloom tomato wasn't in existence that wasn't actually a, a vacant building when we first moved in that was a former grocery store um, and that's the building that and actually i was part of that john mcmahon Britt, uncle for and i bought that building and with the intention of putting a, a brewery in it and and john and kept going with that and Britt and i kind of fell off of that one um what else so the well, that
0: was the that was the brewing company for a while it was right? absolutely and then yep. they, they built their new brewery a couple years ago. 2017, I think,
1: probably is when they
0: opened. Yeah, Because I remember covering that as well when I first started. Yep. Uh, so they have their, their big space there now. And that
1: was a retail shop. Um, Fish Creek Moccasin was in there for a long time. It was a kind of a place that people went to. So there was some retail there. It just wasn't quite the same. Um, what else has happened? The bank was kind of empty. Uh, that bank building where now Lakeshore Adventures is, that's between the brewery and the Cornerstone. And Paul Som is, has that's Paul Som's property, and he's gotten that he's got that filled up with Lakeshore Adventures, and they're doing a great job over there and bringing people in in recreation. The Common House, which is now, um, which was has a couple iterations um, since it was the Common House, but that building was vacant for a little while before Chives took over and and put that in. But the Florian and the Blue Ox that was always booming and always always there, and we've lost the Yum Yum Tree, we've lost our candy store, but we gained a restaurant that. Unfortunately for them, they, their grand opening was like in February of 2020, and that quickly fell off. But hopefully we look to see that rejuvenate this year too. So I'm excited right. about that.
0: Yeah, Clover and Ash uh, yep. just down the street from here. Yeah, and there's been some, some interesting kind of movement up here too. Bailey's Harbor has uh, this very kind of old school, almost Ephraim like vibe in that it's kind of natural. And there's the great shoreline that we have. I don't bridges. know if you,
1: you can't compare anything to Ephraim. The Ephraim is always will be Ephraim. Okay. So, all, so right. That's fair. all their buildings are white with very nice trim. I I don't want to step on Ephraim's toes. They've got their own identity. We're sure. Bailey's Harbor.
0: But what you have, you have this kind of like more um, quiet, right? The quiet side. You have this quieter, uh, kind of demeanor. And then you also have at the same time this like young energy with the Brewing Company and with Bearded Heart and with Heirloom Cafe and Provisions. You have all of this like new energy that's come in. And all of these places have this kind of more progressive, um, aspect to them too right so like the the brewing company has their outdoor beer garden kind of area chives with their food trucks now they have like a really cool outdoor food truck set up there um the Clover and Ash is pushing something pretty progressive with their menu. So you have all of this like new vibrant energy that's come in and it's juxtaposed in a really beautiful way against this kind of more quiet, natural kind of thing too.
1: Well, and Bailey's Harbor has always been a, ever since I've been here for the last 25 years, I know people can speak much further back than I can. So I'm not going to speak for them, but it's always been a place where the, I mean the, the rec park was built by locals. And if you look, I mean, it's just a, it's a beautiful thing to me. It's like, okay, the town couldn't afford to do something. So the locals found a way to put up lights and build a rec park so, their, so the kids and the, the A's could have a baseball team. It's just awesome. Um, and that's just something that traditionally has always been done in Bailey's Harbor. And I, and I think that, that tradition, we just have to find a way to, to continue. I mean, one, one big change that's kind of been sad for me is that we had a hardware store right next to us for the first few years. I mean, we were just when we start doing renovations, the hardware store closes. That was one place where I would go every weekend to buy a bolt or to pick up a piece of, of, of equipment to help finish a project. And all of right. a sudden, when we start renovations, the hardware store closes. And the the marina keeps growing. I mean, I know that this this year they're looking at being full up on slips, and they have a waiting list. So the marina's grown as well. The fishing tournaments have grown a lot. The other thing that's changed is, We have a farmer's market every, every Sunday morning during the summer. It's great to just have that downtown where people come and can get their vegetables for the week. And it's kind of, it brings all the locals into town. It was fun to see during the pandemic. You just see, you can still see smiling faces in everybody's eyes when they're lined up six feet apart to get their, get their veggies from the local providers.
0: Right. Or see an alpaca. That was always my highlight. Yep. Yep. Um, the other thing, too, about Bailey's Harbor, and I don't know how far this goes back, but we talk about other communities becoming walkable, right? Like Fish Creek really expanding their sidewalks, same thing in Ephraim over the last couple of years. But Bailey's Harbor is incredibly walkable. You've got sidewalks that stretch pretty much from one end of town all the way up past the other. You can walk straight to the ridges. You can walk all the way down to the gas station and beyond. Like, it, if you want to do a nice loop in town, there's plenty of sidewalk for you to be able to do that. And it takes you through a bunch of different areas with green spaces, and little parks for kids and all that kind of stuff. Uh, is that something that has happened within the last 10 years, or is it always
1: kind of been that way? The, the town is, always, I mean, the Ridges has expanded what they've done since I've, we've been here too. I mean, you got to think the, the Ridges building didn't exist as it is when we first moved here either. That, that building is brand new since then um that's a whole great new addition the whole boardwalk system that they put in is brand new the way it is right now it was much more it was still accessible but those boards were rickety when we moved in and the ridges put a ton of money in there and it's a beautiful way to get through but that wasn't there um but it it is a great walking town the town has always been that way um the town traditionally has always tried to set up playgrounds for kids throughout the town to be able to enjoy like there's one at anclam and there's one behind the town hall those you could walk through town, get the kid a little exercise, pick up some ice cream at the Yum Yum Tree traditionally, and keep walking through town. Now you can pick up a beer, have a beer with a beer in between the playgrounds if you want to do that. Um, but yeah, that, so that most of that stuff existed long before I got here. It's always been a hometown, small town feel that trying to take care of the locals and and welcome the visitors for the summertime. So these last five years have really been about kind of finding a
0: home, and settling down, and expanding on that, right? Is that how you kind of sum it up?
1: Well, I, I hope we we moved in and have always been looked at as a good neighbor. Um, I don't know if we've looked to expand and expand. We we look to expand within the space, um, but we've always tried to maintain the, the structure and the integrity of what we hope the community wants us to be. So we're not fighting them, but hopefully incorporating the vision for what the locals have of this place and preserving it and one thing I point out when people come into our office, there's a, it's above Steve Gritzmacher's desk. I think you've walked by it a few times, Andrew. There's this one piece that has kind of paint has frayed around it, and it's a square, and it has a green um, paint instead of the kind of blue-gray that we have everywhere else. And underneath it, it says Jigs, and it says, I think um, it says R-J-A, I think, which is um, Robert Anderson um, drew a cartoon of Jigs, which was a World War II cartoon, and so that Robert Anderson was is Fred Anderson's dad, who's a local, who's lived up here for years, and they they operate a laundry out of this building. So we just preserved a small piece of the past in this place with with by keeping that thing. And I think it, to me, it's a constant reminder that hey, we're just we're just passing through here in one instance of time. There are plenty of people before us. I hope that something that we leave here, someone preserves in in fifty years and thinks it was worthwhile keeping.
0: Right. Well, and, you know, you, you talked about trying to expand in place, not like you have a choice considering the water overtakes your backyard every summer, too.
1: That's true. Although when we first moved here, the, the backyard was much bigger and now it's gotten a lot smaller again. And but then again, it's gotten bigger since it was last year. It's just mud. <laughs> Right, uh, which I'm sure is a lot of fun to bring Oxford out into. Oh, he's uh, he was contained to the grassy part, but now is now appeal is there's an appeal to the water that's down there and the mud that's in between. Yeah, so there's a lot of footprints in the house now.
0: Well, with that, Dave, uh, why don't we wrap up? Kind of kind of fun talking about the the part of this story that I know now since I I have been here since 2017.
1: Well, nothing happened until you got here, Andrew. I mean, that's, Th- that's that is true, you
0: know. and everything has happened since. Yes, exactly. So, there, there are still parts of the story that I do want to talk about. I do really want to talk about the pacers and the event side of things. And there are other voices that I want to bring in to talk about their part in the pulse uh, and maybe, you know, bring in some people who weren't a part of the pulse and see what their perspective was on seeing the pulse grow.
1: Well, let's, let's ask for people that have memories to, uh, to throw them at us. Maybe shoot us an email or shoot you an email and you can skip me. So you can tell stories about me if you want, but yeah. I'm, I'm curious if there's some people out there. I mean, I was reminded today sorry, I'm going off topic when you were trying no, to please. cut things short, but uh, I was reminded today when miles was talking about old issues and I flipped through a book that we have of the first two years and Kim Roberts, who actually runs the tourism zone. Now she wrote an article about the, on the YMCA I think in year one or two of our publications. And it, it's just interesting to think about all the people that have been part of or written for the peninsula pulse, but some people who delivered it door to door for us and those who wrote columns individually or just submitted a cartoon or a story it's, So if you have one out there and you're hearing this, say, hey, we'd love to hear from you. It's been 25 years. Drop us a line. I know Dan Engert's out there shooting drone shots. we got to get him in here to chat too.
0: Absolutely. Uh, With that, Dave, thank you so much for chatting with me, and I will let you and Oxford get back to your day.
1: Thanks, Andrew. Have a great day.